Coming to you on some serious tape delay via a podcast near you. From that hockey hotbed of San Jose, California, it's Dudes on Hockey. He is now accepting callers. He is calling me Dude. And now, your hosts, Mike and Doug. Hey there, and welcome to the Dudes on Hockey podcast. I'm Mike. That's Doug. This is our second take, dude, and we haven't done that in a long time because I couldn't even get the intro out. You couldn't even say it. I, I was and I was looking for the sound effect. Here it is. I I stumbled over the word sharks. Yeah. And uh You replaced it with another word, I believe. And then I uttered several profanities. So we started over. We did. Which is about how I feel right now, you know, after having lost to the Vegas Golden Knights, dude, who continue their improbable run through the Stanley Cup playoffs and this this incredible season that they're having. Mm-hmm. The Sharks lose the series 4-2. Uh, they lose um, convincingly. Yeah. I don't think that there can be much of an argument made that the Sharks were the better team. I'm not going to sit here tonight and try and make that argument. But, dude, I'm not going to be as much of a downer as you might expect. I think before the season, if we wanted to try and look at the bright side, neither of us were super optimistic about the Sharks' chances this particular season. And I think if you told us at that time that Joe Thornton would miss half the season with another terrible knee injury, which we now found out was another torn ACL and MCL, this time on the other knee, uh, we would never have expected the Sharks to maybe even make the playoffs, much less win around and win it convincingly as they did against the Ducks. So from that perspective, you can say the Sharks definitely overachieved. And there were some pundits that said this Sharks team looks dangerous. And, and certainly after the they beat the Ducks, it looked like they might have a chance of winning this series. I didn't think they would. I think you thought they would. Turns out I was right why can't i ever be right on the vegas bet but i'm right on this um which you're still you're more alive in this vegas bet than i think you're giving yourself credit for this year but okay well we'll get to that we'll get to that later but the sharks tied up the series with a convincing win at home they won four nothing and it was two two right and we both thought this could happen yeah this could happen I, i believed it would happen actually i um, I still don't understand how a team who has Derek England playing major minutes right. is winning hockey games. Yeah. Like I just don't right. get it. Uh, they have so many guys on that team who are playing the best hockey of their lives. Yeah, they have 10 guys playing the best hockey they've ever played. That were just general afterthoughts or guys that nobody wanted. Mm-hmm. Nobody wanted. No one would take for on the cheap via trade. And guys who on the free agent market could have been, you know, relatively unclaimed, right? Mm-hmm. And they've turned that like team, Ryan Carpenter, right? Like Ryan Carpenter, who is now a regular in their lineup, and instead of playing center, the magic elixir for him seems to be playing wing, mm-hmm. and he's doing quite well. Um, I'm not going to try and take anything away from the Golden Knights. You know, they deserve to win this series. You know, you go back and look. The Sharks won game two in Vegas on, you know, what some might consider to be a controversial goalie interference call. I think that was goalie interference. Right. Uh, But others disagree. 
and they took that game. But going into game five, I really did think that that they had a chance and they squandered it. They squandered it yep. and they just got completely leveled for nothing. Jones gets pulled and they come storming back to make it interesting. Mm-hmm. But they can't seal the deal. And then, you know, game six, very disappointing performance. Um, they had every opportunity in that first period yep. to take this game. And they just posts. could not score a couple of posts, some whiffs mm-hmm. on shots. Uh, they had the Golden Knights right where they wanted them in the first period. They could not score. And then after Marjorie scored that goal in the second period, mm-hmm. the air kind of came out. The air completely came out, dude, and it was over. And uh, the series is over. Sharks lose. Vegas goes on to face either the Preds or the Jets, who have a game seven tomorrow night, dude. And um, But I agree with you. I think at the beginning of the year, we did not expect the Sharks to make it to the final eight. Right. I wouldn't have expected that. You know, Doug Wilson's dubbed this a tra- uh, transitional year several times throughout the year. He said it again in the uh, end of the season press conference that this was a transitional year and that this group, I think, exceeded expectations. Without a doubt. And that that needs to be given a little bit of perspective. Sure. Right. We had some guys definitely step up. Tomash Hurdle, certainly. Logan Couture, another right. great year. Right. Timo Meyer grew into a top six forward for, sure. the, for the most part. Or, sure. You know, certainly an easy spot on on the third line, if not in the top six. You know, Chris Tierney didn't had another good year. You know, it's we had a lot of these guys that the Sharks needed to rely on with the loss of Patrick Marlowe and the loss of Joe Thornton. They they stepped up. They responded. And I think that, you know, what we don't know is what is their continued progression going to be you know i think they need to continue to get better in order for this team to continue to be a player in the western conference playoffs but i feel more positive about the sharks future in the short term and the long term than i did 12 months ago Mm -hmm. because i think that these guys have answered a lot of questions i mean tomas hurdle let's start with him looking at the whole season uh, this was his best season as a pro, 46 points, um, dominant at times, right? and certainly answered the question that I needed to be answered, which was, is he capable of being a reliable top six forward, or is he just a flash in the pan? And I think that he's capable of it. Yes. Barring another injury. Right. Which he avoided this yes, year. Yes, he right? did. He did. Chris Tierney, his he doubled his career high in points. Yeah. The guy had 17 goals. He had 40 points. His best face-off percentage as a pro. He is, uh, I think he's a legitimate top nine NHL forward mm-hmm. who, you know, when we saw it, when he was playing in the rookie camp, he's got some skill. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And I would like to see him continue to play in an elevated role. And that, you know, I think 40 points. We're just scratching the surface here, I think. Think he can be a mid forty to fifty point player. He's got some skill. He he could be a twenty goal scorer. I mean, the kid, and he's a kid. I mean, like he's mm-hmm. he's just figuring it out. Is definitely worth the investment from someone who it seemed like two years ago, people were implying that maybe he should be thrown aside. Mm-hmm. 
I'm glad they didn't do that because they got a definite NHL play here. Kevin LeBanc. Yeah. 40 points. Forgot about Kevin LeBanc. Kevin LeBanc, 40 points, it, you know, in his first full NHL season. He had, I think, 17 power play points. He had a good year. Absolutely. I mean, the Sharks were looking for these young guys to step up and replace Patrick Marlowe. And, and did they do that? I think the answer is yes. Timo Meyer, 36 points. Really slow start. If you take his second half of the season, mm-hmm. very good. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And he's a pain in the ass. Yeah. And, and I he, like and he that. Likes, he, and he likes, likes the agitation it. a little bit. He likes it. I like it. that. And, and I think that that's a positive. Marcus Sorensen, playoff Marcus Sorensen, <laughs> very interesting. Very good. Very good. Yeah. I mean, this guy is an enigma a bit, but am I willing to invest another year of our Sharks time in him based on what we saw in the playoffs? Yes. Based on the playoff performance, absolutely. Yes. I mean, if he if that is the real Marcus Sorensen, yes, please. Mm-hmm. Because also, player who can play with grit, he's got some skill. He can make some very nifty plays for a bottom six guy. Yeah. That's exceptional to have a guy like that. You know, do we have an emerging contributor in Sorensen? You know, didn't participate in the playoffs, but I don't think we should forget that Dylan Gambrell made his pro debut. Right. I wouldn't say that we've seen really what he is yet. We don't know. But he's around, and the Sharks are relying on him to be a contributor in the next couple of years. So he's here. I think that's a positive, too. Mm -hmm. And then we cannot forget that, you know, Joachim Ryan, Tim Heed, and Dylan DeMello, I think, all proved that they are NHL-level players. Yes, that's true. They can play at the NHL level. I would have liked to have seen a little more Tim Heed than we did this year. Mm-hmm. And maybe that's in the cards moving forward because I think, you know, Paul Ryan has been put in the pet cemetery. But Not Paul Ryan, Paul Martin. Paul Paul Ryan. Well, yeah, maybe Paul. him too. He he's quit. Gone. He's gone. He quit too. Also gone. Yeah. Anyways, uh, Paul Ryan. That's funny. Yeah. <laughs> um, but you've got these three young, well, he'd youngish. Youngish, yeah. NHL defensemen. 20s, anyway. Right? In their 20s. They're cheap. They can play. They can hang. Right. They all had positive Corsi, right? So there's a lot to be positive about. There's a lot there. of upside here. There is. There's no doubt. There's no there's doubt. There's a lot of upside and, here. And you have to say that the Evander Kane experiment was a successful one. Yeah, he had some injuries. You know, it sounded like he had a separated shoulder and a right. knee issue at the right. same time. Right. Um, so that probably accounts for some of his diminished output in the playoffs. But the guy's a gamer. He came back. Oh, it was by, a success, no question. By all accounts, he was a fun guy to be around. He was a good contributor on the ice. He showed that goal scorer's swagger that you see. You see him get the right. puck in the high slot. Right. And there's so many players in the NHL and players on the Sharks as well. You go... Man, I really hope he can score here. And when Evander Kane has the puck on a stick in that position, you're like, he's scoring. Right. And he does. He does he sort of just knows he's gonna score. And that's something, you know, we're getting ahead of ourselves and we're probably not gonna do a lot of off season talk here this week. But to me, that's the number one priority for the Sharks. Sure. Is you have to resign Evander Kane. Well, I think Doug Wilson isn't hiding that. And when he made the trade this wasn't a rental. This is a long-term investment. This mm-hmm. is a player he wants to keep. And 
you know, I think that they've got a decent shot mm-hmm. unless there's just some reason why he doesn't want to stay. Right. But um, he got a little taste of what it feels like to be around a winner. And why would he want to walk away from that? He's going to get paid. Oh, yeah. Sharks have the money. They yes. can pay him. Yes. Yes, they do. So, um, and Vegas. Definitely. Yeah. I mean, Mark Andre Fleury, to me, is the single biggest reason why Vegas <laughs> won this series. Yeah. I Not mean, the only reason. Just the single biggest reason. It's incredible that, you know, I mean, well, I mean, there's so many guys on that team that are having this resurgence of their career or just an emergence. Yeah. You know, I mean, well, I mean, we don't want to talk about William Carlson going from like an afterthought yes. in Columbus. I think he I had mean, like 12 goals in three years combined I mean, and he had 40, so what, 46 what a, something. What idiots do the Columbus Blue Jackets look like right now? They gave him away. Yeah. And and that they clearly either he is never going to do this again, right? Which I don't think is true. I mean, he looks yeah pretty damn. You look good. at you look at his skill set and you go, or that they completely misread their own player who's been playing yeah. with them for years. Yeah, that they had no idea how to use him correctly. That they gave one of the most dangerous offensive players away. They gave him away for a team that cannot afford yeah. to give away talent. Embarrassing. Florida. <laughs> it is. They gave away Jonathan Marcheseau. So embarrassing that they did that. What are they thinking? Like, I mean, like, and he was not bad last year on their team. You know, I know at yeah. least had 20 plus goals. I don't, I don't have the stats, but I think they thought he couldn't do it again. Big mistake. Yep. Big mistake. So, you know, the GMs and the NHL, they helped create this monster mm-hmm. that is Vegas. And I'm, you know, earlier in the season, of course, you're not happy because they're a divisional rival, but I sort of had a good feeling towards Vegas. And I was like, oh, well, it's, you know, I'm glad that the city has a team and I'm I'm glad that hockey is catching on in Vegas and all this kind of stuff. Now I'm just kind of pissed off because <laughs> because now, like, they get a new team and now they're automatically good. Like, if you get a new team, you're supposed to suck. Right. Like, if you get a team, you're supposed to have to go through the losing period, the Sharks' 17 win and 11 win seasons that sure. we went through. And now Vegas is going to be freaking good right away. And it just it but makes we're, me we're irritated. We're in a different era. I mean, you know, you're dealing in this era where they got they got some good players. No, uh. they got some good players, and they also did. They also got. David Schlemko. They, they well, <laughs> they took advantage of some teams, yeah, and were able to find the Marchessos and the William Carlsons. I mean, they really and the Alex Tucks. I mean, they really mm-hmm. hit it on those players. So, Eric Halla. I mean, they should get a lot of credit for that. But they're also getting performances from some of these guys who, you know, you wouldn't expect. You know, John Merrill and yeah. you know Derek Engeland to be playing at this level. Right, so and Mark Andre Fleury was left for dead basically oh, yeah. by Pittsburgh. Sure, and now he's having a total career resurgence when nobody else wanted him. Yeah, yeah. Somebody could have had him last year. Oh yeah, sure, sure. You know, I mean, how stupid does Calgary look right now? <laughs> it's true. How desperately do they need a goalie? They've got a good team and no goaltending, and they could have had Fleury last year. 
But I don't know. I mean, how are you supposed to know that? You're not. It's just it. It's difficult. So nobody picked this. Um, no, nobody picked it. And I still I stand by my statement that I'm not taking any way as ludicrous away as it sounds now. <laughs> that I think in the long term, this is not a good thing for the Vegas Golden Knights because I think I don't know if they can duplicate this again. Yeah. Like I think that this is a little bit of a. You know, they deserve to win the series. They were the better team. No question. And could they march all the way to the Stanley Cup? I guess so. I guess. Maybe. Yeah. You know, and then if that happens, is that not the best thing for Vegas? No, of course it is. I mean, that's the of course. goal, right? Of course. But, you know, but, you're creating these overinflated expectations, which I think we're seeing a little bit in the trade they made for Thomas Tatar, yeah. which has not worked out. No. He was a scratch in, I think, at least half of their playoff games. He's not been playing well. And they gave up a first, a second, and a third for a player like that. Right. So, in the end, and this is definitely jumping ahead a little bit, but, you know, the Sharks have a little bit of money. Some other teams in the Pacific Division have a little bit of money. I mean, what what's Vegas going to do? When they have to resign, you know, some of these players, like, is it in one of the Pacific division teams best interest to be like, you know what, we're going to make a play at Perron or Neil and take him away from you. Right. So like you're getting a player that you need, you overpay a little bit, but you also weaken your competitor at the same time. Yeah. You know, that smells like Doug Wilson all over the place. (laughs) And, you know, I mean, that wouldn't be a surprising strategy, Mm -hmm. although I'm wary of it. Because David Perron yeah. has essentially been balls for yeah. the last couple of years. Yeah, yeah. He's played I, on four different teams. Neil, I'm listening. David Perron, not so much. But he's been good. He was good in that series. He was good. He, he looked was. dangerous. He yeah. looked fast. You know, he even looked feisty. Like, I mean, you know, mm-hmm. I, I don't know. I don't I don't know what to make of it, dude. But um, at least for the current moment, it's legit. And you can't take anything away from them. But in terms of, okay, we've talked about the positive. We were painting a rosy picture. Dude. What, what are you concerned about? Like having seen this run, what what concerned you? Well, certainly the there were there were flashes where Martin Jones was not great, which was a little bit concerning. You're being kind. <laughs> well, yeah. I mean, he was straight up bad in two games, mm-hmm. where he was dominant for an entire series, and then in game one. He just got shredded. Now, the whole team got shredded. Yeah. But he got shredded. And in game five, he got shredded again. Like, I mean, you know, yeah. I mean, it's... Marc-Andre Fleury didn't get shredded once, right. right? I mean, he lost game four, but I wouldn't say he got shredded. I wouldn't put that on him. No. Right? No, I wouldn't. Whereas in two games, Martin Jones didn't make a big save at mm-hmm. all that right. I remember. Right. He got pulled twice. NTG, not too good. Yeah. As a wise man once said. Mm-hmm. And I don't think it's a red flag. I just didn't really, I didn't like seeing that. Like that, you know. Yeah. When you needed him to step up and maybe steal the game, couldn't do it. Well, the other thing, obviously, is stuff that we've talked about timelessly which is how do you see the sharks being able to compete with some of these other younger faster teams with higher end talent teams like calgary and edmonton edmonton obviously took a gigantic step back no one called it they were the preseason uh favorite to win the stanley cup and 
you know, I I took them way early in the Vegas bet, sure. which was a really great move on my part. Well, and, but I would have taken them early too, dude. Right. I mean, like I, that was a shock. So you could see them bounce back the way that they fell. You could see them bounce back next year, although they do have again serious structural problems on the team that we yeah. talked about ad nauseum with the you know no reason to get into them now but you know teams like calgary definitely on the rise right they're gonna they fired the coach right well did they fired they, fire they him did yet? and they replaced yeah. him with bill peters you yeah. know who yeah that's right carolina didn't do anything in carolina right i don't know i i'm not ready to say they're on the rise i like their roster sure i think it's interesting i think their goaltending situation still sucks yeah like you it know definitely i mean does. that's not fair it doesn't suck mike smith doesn't suck but he's like in his mid to late thirties. Mm-hmm. That's not the answer. Like, I mean, for that team, which is mainly a younger twenties core to be relying on a goalie who has had his better days in Arizona. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right. I don't know. Like, I mean, I, I'm not sure, you know, Brian Burke has walked away from that organization. Like they, they seem to be in a vulnerable position. Mm-hmm. Right. Right. Which is where you know, and 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 Edmonton is the Edmonton is the perfect example of where I think Vegas could be next year. Right, I think they'd be exactly right there. Yeah, they. I think Vegas. I I think I made the same analogy to somebody else who was talking about what the hell is going on with Vegas, and I said, you know, next year they we're going to find it out for real next year. They right? could really take a huge step back next year. Yeah, they could, and these guys could have a a whole lot of swagger going into next season, whether regardless of what happens next to them. Because they've earned their stripes this season, without question. They could lose early and fast to Nashville or Winnipeg and still hold their heads high and then take that into the beginning of next season, lose six games in a row in early November, and then the next thing you know, the season's out of out of right. out of hand. Which is why the Sharks are in an interesting position. Yeah. Because they've got essentially a core of players that they can keep together that have shown Especially in the second half of the season, they played well. They played well. So, Dude, should we talk about what else you got on that list of yours, or should we talk about the? There's two more. There's two series here. I mean, there was Game Seven. Yeah, and, and then there's two Eastern Western Conference Finals. Dude. Yeah, dude. Um, game Seven tomorrow, Nashville, Winnipeg. I I won't even try and call a winner. I mean, like, I mean, I, you got to go in Nashville because they're at home, I guess. But Nashville's, you know, I mean, they they have not looked great in the playoffs. They really haven't. And, and Winnipeg has crushed them in a couple games. They they hurt. Yeah, they have. They hurt yeah. them pretty bad. A couple games. So, um, I think t- tomorrow night will probably be. I mean, if I had to guess, a very low scoring, tightly played game that. I'm gonna gun to my head. I'm gonna pick Nashville because they're at home, but I wouldn't bet on it. I wouldn't. I I yeah. wouldn't. I wouldn't put any money on either of these teams. Like I think they're, and that's the concern that I have as a, a person who's invested in both of these teams in the Vegas draft. Right, is that they're gonna come out of this series so w- tired that when they play Vegas. They might have a problem. I think whoever comes out of this series is still going to beat Vegas. That's what I think. And I have Vegas in the Vegas bet. So, but, you know, I make a lot it's more money. It's literally the last pick. I mean, like. Yeah, it was the last pick. I mean, that happens every year to us. <laughs> I know. Where the last pick, like, Ottawa, Does that mean someone picked? 
That, well, we picked every team this year because there's one extra team. So Vic, that means we you, picked Vancouver before someone picked Vegas. I it came down to Colorado and Vegas, which both made the playoffs. <laughs> I know. I know. And I took Colorado. I had a choice. Yeah. And I took Colorado. So I mean, you know. <laughs> Uh, in hindsight, uh, horrible decision, but it makes this last round interesting. Dude. No, a horrible um, decision was taking Montreal and Edmonton <laughs> two and three. That was a horrible decision. Washington and Tampa Bay, dude. I know that you are concerned about the caps and I have them injury, in the Vegas uh, issues, although they've yeah. gotten the, the penguins monkey off their back. I think the other thing I'd be concerned about for them, even if they were healthy is that. For them, beating the Penguins might almost be like winning the Cup. And yeah, then right. do they have anything emotionally left right. to handle a better team, which right. is Tampa Bay? A better and healthy team. Right. And and Pittsburgh was not healthy. I think Kessel had an injury. I think Malkin wasn't entirely healthy. And I think they had another injury that I can't remember at the moment. Well, we knew that that, that had to run out. At certain point, sure. you don't three-peat. You just can't. You just can't. You run out of gas. The league is it. You run out of gas, and the league is too good. Like you can't three-peat. So of the five teams that are left, dude, Winnipeg and Nashville are undecided. Who will win the Stanley Cup? Tampa Bay will win the cup. I agree. I think that they're the and best team I've, left. I'm hedging my Vegas bet, as I told you before. We yeah. I, I I'm actually putting money. Against the Capitals because it's a hedge. Because it's a hedge against the Vegas bet. I don't like it. I'm completely convinced that I'm going to lose the Vegas bet again. I think you're going to have both teams in the Stanley Cup final. You're going to have Nashville or Winnipeg versus Tampa Bay. And Tampa Bay is going to win the Cup. And I'm going to take your your sorry ass to Vegas again. So this this is why I don't like this for you. First of all, I told you I think the price is too high. I told you that. And I, but wait, let I me, know. Let me finish the story because I know what's going to happen now. What's going to happen now is that Washington is going to win that series, and I'm going to lose the bet that I bet right. on Tampa, right. and then Nashville will win the cup. Right. So and I you'll lose be the Vegas out bet too. Both. Oh, we'll, we'll lose both. You'll both both. I. That's going to happen. <laughs> I am so sure of it now. But this is. I, I mean, I know. I think you're going to win the bet. I think Tampa Bay is going to win that. I just don't like, you know, I, I I know there's some injury things. I just don't like laying minus 190 on Tampa Bay. Like, I just, I think they've been slow starters the entire playoffs. This is going to be a short series. Four, yeah, or five, four or five games. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. I I hope, yes, because I, I have Tampa in the playoffs, but I would not myself make that bet. I think what I will do, you know, if... Uh, if Tampa loses that first game, they're going to go magically from minus 190 in the series to maybe minus 110, 115. You might even get them at a plus. Then you're getting some good value on what you know is the better team if mm-hmm. Washington can somehow pull it off. I know you're talking about maybe you're going to double down when you get to that point. I will. I you will. Know? So um, I wish you luck, dude. <laughs> I hope it works out for you because really if it does, it works out for me. Mike and Doug's tout service now. <laughs> but, uh, That's what we got. Uh, but I don't – I told you my opinion when you when you asked me about it. I know. You, you have – You've gone your own way, dude, and I wish you the best of luck. Dude. You know I only consult you on uh, college football because that's your, <laughs> that's your now strength. You're being, uh, now you're just being a jerk. <laughs> <laughs> I don't appreciate that. <laughs> Basically, every time Mike and I go to Vegas and I bet on college sports, it's a guaranteed loss. <laughs> guaranteed. Like if, if, if I bet on a college team yeah. in Vegas, 
You want to take the other side instantly. Actually, I'm not. I don't know why you haven't done this. Like when I go to the like counter, East I'm like Tennessee okay. State versus Duke. You're yeah. like, I'm going to take Duke. I'm like, no. You should run. If I put a hundred dollars on Duke, you should put a thousand dollars on the other side. Like this isn't. This is a guaranteed win. Yeah. Doug is so bad at picking college sports that I know that I can win. So, you know, when we go to Vegas next, that should be the strategy. It should be. Well, season's over for the Sharks, dude. It is over, dude, but We have really, some amber liquid. No. Cheers. Cheers, dude. But really, mm. I don't feel that bad. I'm disappointed that they lost to Vegas, but I think... If you can separate yourself from that, that the Sharks exceeded expectations for this year and that you can look forward and see that there is definitely young players who stepped up this year and that the Sharks, who have some big decisions looming, Mm -hmm. you know, and we'll get into this. We have a whole summer, or at least a month of June, to talk about Joe Thornton and whether or not the Sharks will or should re-sign Jumbo. But, you know, that is... Probably decision one A. We might differ on that one, I think. You know, we might. Well, I don't know. We don't differ on the Kane thing. We definitely well, want Kane to see a Kane is definitely a yes, but I mean, well, okay, well, let's talk about it right now, dude. Where are we at in the podcast? I got more amber liquid here. Let's Where? just briefly talk about it. We need to go into it. Right now, okay. Sharks resigned Joe Thornton. Should they? I'm not saying will they. I'm saying should they? For the right price, yes. What's the right price? Three to four million dollars. Really? Yeah. So I well, let's play a game. You got two guys. You got to play a game. I'm gonna play a game, dude. Would you like to play a game? Let's play a game. All right. I'm gonna tell you a story, right? Okay. Okay. Ooh, I like stories. Mm -hmm. Hey, dude. I think the Sharks should sign a 39 year old center (laughs) who, in the last 12 months, has had two major knee surgeries and pay him four million dollars. Okay. <laughs> you are a liar. <laughs> You're a freaking liar, dude. Is he the best pa- one of the best passers in the history of the NHL? Yes, he is. Is he the best player ever to play in a Sharks uniform? Yes, he is. That affects my decision. Okay. What affects my decision is that I think the Sharks played better without him. And I think that, that we have to step back and be objective about that. And we'll talk about it over the, over the next s- several weeks. Mm-hmm. But the team played better without him. They just did. Yeah. And 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 um and that doesn't mean I don't love Joe. And it doesn't mean I don't think he brings things to the team that you can't quite quantify. Sure. On in statistically. But it does mean if you're gonna spend four million dollars in keeping around a thirty eight, thirty nine year old center who plays where in the lineup instead of using that money to sign James Neal or John Van Riemsdyk. Thank you for not using the other name. Mike Ribeiro? (laughs) (laughs) No, I, I'm, I don't one of one of my pet peeves this offseason. I can already tell is people thinking that the Sharks are going to sign John Tavares, and it's no, not, that's not going to happen. It's not going no, to happen. It's not going to happen. It's hilarious. Let's people never talk about, about no, it. No, no. It's well, we should talk about it, but okay. I mean, but but we should talk about it in a mocking tone, okay? Because that's not a reality. It's not going. But to happen. But what is a reality is signing 
one of the two guys I think I just named. I mm -hmm. think that is possible, especially when free agency opens up and everybody is focusing their attention. This is classic Doug Wilson. Mm -hmm. I think everybody's focusing their attention on John Tavares and he focuses his attention on John Van Rienstijk. Right. John Van Rienstijk. Right. And you say, hey, listen, here's the deal. We signed Evander Kane and we want you too. Because the biggest thing that I want to talk about in the next month, while he played better in the playoffs, the biggest need the Sharks have is to upgrade Mikel Bodker's spot on the second line. Mm -hmm. they, need okay. a better, they need a better winger there. So if you can add JVR or James Neal to that line... Yeah, that's a win. The team is better. And then if you can find somebody to take Mikel Bodker for a pack of cigarettes, right. great. Right. Right? Mm -hmm. But Or you just have to eat it, and he sits or plays lower in the lineup. He was not bad in the playoffs. He really wasn't. No, he was not. But over the last two years, I think that's where the team needs the, the biggest upgrade. So... You know, it's something we'll have to explore. Dude, it, I mean, you know, it, it pains me. I love Joe Thornton. Right. Well, dude, let's have a cheers for some Sharks that we'll definitely never see in Teal again, one being Joel Ward, which I am personally sad about. Thank you to Joel Ward, dude. I mean, he was a major part of that Stanley Cup run. Yes. So cheers to Joel Ward, absolutely. Cheers to... Critical goals in both the St. Louis and the yes. Nashville Series that year. Absolutely. Joel Ward, a little bit forgotten because he didn't play in the playoffs. And had trouble cracking the lineup the second half of the year. The game, I quality think... Quality dude. His best years in the NHL behind him, but quality dude. Absolutely. Cheers to uh, Yannick Hansen. Yannick Hansen. For being a uh, failure of an acquisition. Right. Not. And, a, I'm sure not a bad guy and definitely not a bad player. Sure. Uh, not a good player in Teal. Not a good player for the Sharks, but he was for Vancouver. And he I was. think he was a quality player. Yeah, we'll see if he can rebound somewhere else. Cheers to Yannick Cheers. Hansen. Both those Yannick dudes Hansen's. definitely will not be back. Right. Um, Anybody else? Mm -hmm. mm. Well, I will say uh, on the unrestricted front that I think that, uh, you know, I will make a case to the court that Eric Fair must be back. Especially if you can get him at a reasonable well, I mean, fourth-line well, price. Eric Fair was making $2 million. I mean, like, you yeah. know, the, he's completely... that That is not going to happen. I mean, Eric Fair was playing... In the HL, right. I think if Eric Fair gets a minimum deal, right, like that, he will take it. I, I, I would think he would take it, and yeah. I would think the Sharks would offer it, and they should offer it. He was a significant upgrade at that fourth line center. I really like what he brought to the table. I think the team liked him. I think Eric Fair will be back. I wouldn't be surprised if that's one of the first things that happens this off season. Mm -hmm. So that Eric Fair is back. I would even give him a two year deal. I would give him a two year deal. A very low veterans uh, salary, but I mean that's an important that that's an anchor spot. Yeah, I mean we had so much turnover in that spot. That's true. In the last couple of years, if you can solidify that and say, okay, Eric Fair is going to man the fourth line center, we don't have to worry about it anymore. It's a big deal. Yeah, I agree. Any but any other sharks that you you had cap friendly open a moment ago. Let's let's look at the roster. Make sure we're not forgetting anybody, dude. Is there anybody else that we're going to be missing? Is Paul Martin going to be bought out? He's got another year, right? I think we might have seen Paul Martin's last last game in Teal. Well, he's got one more year, right? So, so I, I mean, if you Sharks... buy him out, if you buy him out, then you're spreading that cap hit out over what? two years. Over two years, so it'd be um, yeah. I, I mean, definitely possible. And I don't think he he looked fine 
until in, the Vegas in, series. Until he the, didn't. Yeah. And then he looked bad right. and looked really bad at the end of that the, overtime goal. The overtime goal, which yeah. he completely blew it. it. Yeah. He, he completely blew it. He went to the he went with two defensemen on the same side of the ice. Right. I mean he completely blew it. Uh, he looked he looked old and slow in that series and do I think we've seen the last of Paul Martin? I don't know about that, but I think he's a candidate. More likely for than not, I think. A buyout. Anybody else, Dune? Oh, uh, well, I mean, you know, we've talked about Evander Kane and Joe Thornton are the biggest high profile unrestricted free agents that, you know, are the point of focus. Mm-hmm. Uh, restricted free agents, Dylan DeMello, Chris Tierney, um, Tomas Hurdle, I think all three are locks mm-hmm. to be back. Sure. I'd be really surprised if if they weren't. Um, dude, we would be uh, remiss if we didn't talk about Brandon Mashinter. We would. We would be. <laughs> He's unrestricted. I don't feel remiss. <laughs> I got to be honest with you. Dude, overall... Overall, good season. Dude. A good season. Overall, good season. And I hope that Sharks fans can walk away from this podcast and the season feeling like there is more of a positive vibe vibe around this franchise where I was very concerned that we needed to, you know, I and mean, we're advocating at points for a total teardown. Yeah, break it all the way down to the ground. And I don't, I think that the Sharks young players have responded and shown that that's not necessary. Agreed, dude. Agreed. Well, dude, we'll be back, of course, because we'll be talking about some off-season things. We sure. have plenty of uh, other things to talk about in terms of the playoffs as they happen and, and the various questions. We touched on Joe Thornton, but there's several others that we need to talk about here in the off-season as we get the run-up to the draft and July 1st, free agency and all that. So we podcast this thing all year round, so stick around. That's right. And if you have any comments or questions, you can always reach us at questions at dudesonhockey.com or reach out to us on Twitter, Facebook. You can call Mike's cell phone. It's 408. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know, the listeners get us through the summer, really. So yeah. uh, the more questions you guys have, the more often we'll probably podcast. Right. So uh, we'd love to hear your opinion about where you think the sharks are headed and where you think the sharks should go with, you know, what is, uh, you know, it's always a, an important off season, but I think that there's some, some pretty big moves whereas the sharks are trending upwards, um, mm-hmm. uh, from last year. And if they can make some key additions here, they could be in a decent, decent position in a division that, is really topsy-turvy right now. It is. Where your best team is an expansion team. The Ducks are clearly on the decline. The Kings are very vulnerable. The Oilers are, I don't know what. The Coyotes have not emerged from Potentialville. Right. And Calgary is, I also... Very disappointing. Not sure At where. At least this season. And Vancouver has some good young pieces, but also not in a position to say that they're ready and they're in a major transition with the Sedins retiring. That's so, right. So uh, the opportunity is there, I think, for the Sharks to solidify themselves in a couple-year window to still be very, very relevant 
in the NHL. I agree. And in the short term, we're going to talk more about Joe Thornton. And that's a question that I really have for the listeners because I want to hear from you guys. So tweet or send us an email about what you think the Sharks should do versus Joe Thornton. I'm interested to see if people are maybe more sentimental the way I am about Joe Thornton and want to see him come back because I don't think we necessarily even saw a healthy Joe when he was even in the lineup. You know, can he regain some of uh, his ability from before he hurt his knee? If he does a proper rehab because he played on a hurt knee in the playoffs last year and then had a very short rehab season, um, do you want to bring him back or do you feel more like Doug does, which is he's a wonderful player, the best player in Sharks history, but the Sharks need to go younger and faster. And so long, Jumbo. We loved you, but it's time to change. I I want to hear from you because I, I don't have my finger on the pulse of where the fan base is on that yet. I think it could really go either way. I'm guessing people are going to be more like me and more sentimental, but I could be totally wrong. Maybe everyone's going to be really cold-hearted and say, just ditch the guy. <laughs> dude, now, I I, and I resent that you're calling me cold-hearted, dude. Uh, not you, just all the other people want to ditch him. <laughs> all the other people want to throw him out like it's a bag tough. of garbage. I mean, dude, this is, it's, this is as difficult of a decision as they had to make on Patrick Marlowe. It's very tough. And I'll tell you, if they re-sign him, I'm not going to be mad. Because, you know, you love the guy. You love like, the I guy. I mean, like, he's he's been such an important part of our experience as fans. Oh, yeah. Like in, and not just that he's a, a great player, but he's such a, a relevant personality and just enjoy having him on the team. But can I tell anyone that I think the Sharks are a better team with him instead of investing those resources in someone else? I don't know that I can say that. Yeah, yeah. I don't know if if you had $5 million to spend and you could spend it on Joe Thornton or you could spend it on James Neal. Yeah. I think I know what my answer is. Right, right. What makes the team better, not what makes you feel warm and fuzzy. That's all about making me feel warm and fuzzy. Is it, dude? You've never been like that. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> Get him out. I want to hear what you think. Okay, dude, we'll be yeah. back. We'll be back in a couple weeks. Keep watching the playoffs. There's going to be some really good hockey. Make sure to watch game seven tomorrow night. That's right, dude. That's, That's going right. to be a game and a half. All right. Uh, go Tampa for your uh, wager. Go oh. Caps for the Vegas bet. Show? Want to get your questions on the air? Email questions at dudesonhockey.com. Dudes on Hockey is not affiliated with the San Jose Sharks organization or the National Hockey League.